Welcome everybody to Trig Zach Show. I'm here with Ellie, Eric, and Brian, and we are here with a special guest tonight. We have a world record holder, um, mountain climber, adventurous. We'll get into everything pretty much. There's too much to go to. The one, the only Jordan Romero. How you doing, man? Great, Scott. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's a pleasure. It's uh, always good to meet new faces and uh, and uh, and talk a little bit. No, it's awesome. Uh, I spent a lot of time searching like what your right Instagram was Twitter because you never know and finally yeah. like the email worked out and I was like all right great this works out beautifully you were probably <laughs> like a little skeptical at first like what's these what's this idiot messaging me about but luckily <laughs> you're a nice guy you're a very nice guy thanks thanks yeah it's uh I'm always down for the count man I I uh I have like thoughts about like starting my own podcast or just doing something that will involve like inviting guests and uh, I know it means a lot for for them to say yes and kind of give some time, and I'm always happy to do it, man. It's it's uh, I, it's always a pleasure, just um, like I said, you know, talking to people and meeting spaces, discuss discussing cool cool topics, sharing my stories. So, yeah, man, just it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you very much. It's one of the kindest segments we've ever had on this show. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we get into some questions here, first tell us a little about yourself, how you got into climbing and, you know, your adventures type lifestyle, where you grew up, your upbringing, if you wanted to start with that. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, that's a loaded question. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know where to start. So I grew up in, um, I grew up in Southern California in a small mountain town called uh, Big Bear Lake, if anyone is familiar. Yeah. So, and I see a, you have a 49er show. Are you from California? Yes, sir. Awesome. Are you Actually, from SoCal? Or? No, I'm from NorCal, but I've just moved down to Long Beach, and I have friends that have a cabin up in Big Bear, so they talk about oh, it all sweet. the time. They're like, come to Big Bear, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. So, so when she turned uh, the coin cabin, that kind of paints a little picture of what Big Bear is like. I mean, they, everyone calls their second, like, even if it's a house, they call it a cabin. Um, but it's kind of like this little mountain, uh, Southern California, um, mountain getaway town, uh, kind of a resort town that relies a lot on tourism, uh, ski resort in the winter, um, lots of cool stuff to do over the summer, tons of mountain biking and uh, all sorts of stuff to do. So amazing place to grow up, kind of a min miniature version of like Lake Tahoe to give you an idea yeah, of what it looks like. SoCal Tahoe. Yep, exactly. And it uh, doesn't get a lot of snow. I mean, I, I, you know, growing up there, it would be like 60 degrees, like in the middle of January and fully slushy conditions, you know, which, uh, kind of, you know, it's that, that bred me into liking that type of writing. I mean, like right now in Utah is like my perfect, uh, perfect time, you know, March, late spring, just wearing sunglasses skiing. It's awesome. But, uh, yeah, so I grew up in, with a pretty adventurous family and not nomadic, but, you know, traveling a lot. My dad was into expedition racing, and my mom was uh, going to school when she had me and was aspiring to be an education school teacher. So uh, my parents divorced when I was three. Uh, my, and, that's how, and then shortly after that, my dad uh, met my, um, my stepmother, Karen, uh, then at the time, who later on ended up being who I um, climbed all the seven summits with, uh, her and my dad. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> and... Um, so yeah, j grew up traveling a bit um, to some of my dad's like adventure races that he would go to and uh, just didn't really see any interest in it. My dad just, I'd always see the pain and suffering that he would go through. Didn't really understand why he was doing that. And uh, if anyone here is familiar, like with Eco Challenge, uh, Mark Burnett and uh, some of the other, uh, it's like an old TV show or reality TV show that used to be done um, that just brought film crews like through some rugged time so the show didn't last like too too long um but that was like what my dad was doing like multi-sport off the grid navigating with a map and compass with a team and you know light um light trail packing like kind of living off the basic essentials and uh so he was pretty ecstatic for sure when one day when i was nine years old i kind of uh, asked him if he knew what the seven summits were and just kind of express some interest in mountains for the most part and so uh you know i i could tell like for both him and karen it was a cool way to um i don't know i guess like relate to me a little bit more like i knew that if i as long as i just followed whatever they were doing it would be a good method of like training you know um because it was it was pretty intense what they were doing yeah. and so yeah as time went on i remember like going into my first hike and just being like so winded literally not even five minutes into it just it's just saying like I wanted to give up and I knew that there was going to be a long road ahead as far as like building up endurance and uh, emotional strength too, um, to even like climb something like 
Mount Kilimanjaro, which, um, you know, is, is a big mountain, but, you know, as far as like difficulty wise on the scale of climbing the seven summits, it, would, it ended up being the first mountain that we were aiming for. And I don't know what got into me. I just kind of, you know, saw pictures of these mountains. Like I was able to just kind of visualize them when I would just do like my internet research and just see the most like beautiful and stunning pictures and thought it would be a great way to kind of travel the world and see new cultures. And I was like really big into animals at the time. I thought it'd be a great way to like see nature and um, all the biological aspects I was into. And um, yeah. And then after about a year of, after that, uh, July of 2006 rolled around. I had just turned 10 years old. Uh, we had our flights booked to Tanzania and Africa and uh, we, <laughs> I, I hopping on that plane was something that, you know, I, I, that was when I really felt like, well, we're really doing it. There's no going back. And uh, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was incredible. I was fearful for sure. Um, you know, every, every mountain that I hopped on the plane for and like sat down, I just knew like, all right, we're really doing this. And once I, you know, feel the plane take off, that's just kind of when I, well, that's when reality sets in a little bit more. And uh, that's like an emotion that, you know, I don't revisit too, too much, but that's like why I love traveling. I just, I just know that it's like, all right, well, this plane isn't turning it around. We're, we're going and doing it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. And, and then long story short, um, after summiting Mount Kilimanjaro, I knew that it was climb. I knew that it was going to be, uh, it, first of all, Kilimanjaro was like, okay, we're going to do this and maybe, you know, climb one or two of other, the other seven summits, see power feeling. And at the summit, I just uh, went ahead and committed and just dove right in and said, "One down, six to go. Let's let's aim for it all. Let's uh, let's complete the, let's cl- complete this list." That's how I uh, treat like weekdays. Monday, <laughs> like, <laughs> like one. All right, one down, five to go. Holy Monday's shit. over. All right, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 like it, it is. It's funny enough that you say that because I mean, it's kind of like a weekday. It's just something that you. Um, you know, I feel like you can hesitate at it a lot, like kind of in the beginning about it. And, you know, then yeah. that alarm goes off at Monday morning. You're like, well, what are you going to do? Go back to sleep. You're like, no way. <laughs> so, kind of have to. Uh, but no, that's, that's great. You bring that up. So, um, yeah, I mean, to kind of paint a picture, I think that was just kind of like the first, I guess, chapter one and two of the, of life and where the roots kind of began and it all kind of goes from there mountain after mountain. And then, uh, yeah, there's there's uh, many more chapters to unfold there, but uh, yeah. you know it's a lot of questions, so it's right. uh, now, it's a lot to answer. Year, at ten years old, like you're in fifth grade, fourth grade, around there, like sixth grade. No, where were you? Yes, sixth grade's twelve. No, right? it's not. Yeah, were you held back? Yeah. Yes, I no, was. No, 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 no. Fourth grade was fourth grade was nine. Fifth grade was uh, ten. Sixth grade was eleven. Okay. Seventh grade was twelve. Yeah. So, like, at 10 years old, I'm sitting there worried about, like, what little league pitcher I'm going to face. Didn't matter because they got to hit the right field. But, like, you know, where? how do you prepare for that at 10? Like, w- were you into any other youth sports? Or was it just mountain climbing, you know? Um, I was – yeah, I was in, I was into other uh, various sports for sure. Non-traditional for sure. Um, a lot of sports that my dad kind of – got me into um which ended up being endurance sports of of that nature i I, well first of all i love skiing like skiing is still like the big thing that i would um probably consider myself first and everything else second but uh yeah i was like a year and a half years old like or i was 17 months old when i was like first on ski so it was like from the time i could like just about walk and then um and that's just like kind of what i did you know like the ski resort kind of became my daycare center uh growing up quite a bit and my parents were in ski patrol and then um my dad uh, later on as he kind of focused into his um like you know followed his trajectory of of endurance sports he kind of also shared that shared that aspect of like you know he started to get, get me into mountain biking and a little bit of like trail running and um a little bit of like occasional rock climbing and rappelling and just stuff like that that was really cool to like dabble into i and i never really like focused um, so much into one sport until mountain climbing. And then mountain climbing became that thing that was kind of like everything that we, you know, prepared for, especially for these expeditions that were, you know, multi-day and multi-week and you got to have everything. So like, uh, precisely, uh, planned and laid out before going to any of these trips. And that took a lot of work. So 
yeah, it's, it's a lot to unfold there as far as like the preparation goes, but every day coming home after school was just, you know, <laughs> get home, like chill out for a second. And that's kind of where I learned a little bit about myself and the fact that like, and I think a lot of people can relate to this with working out too. It's like, you get home, it's like the moment you sit down and like play on your phone a little bit, it's like, that's over, you know, it's going to yeah. be so much harder to, you know, yeah. get back up and uh, get motivated again. It's like, you just got to get home and, you know, chuck some water, eat something and then just go, yeah, like right to it. And, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm very like momentum driven the when I lose momentum and, and it's same thing with all of us, but like me, especially I've learned, like, it's so hard to like kind of repick myself back up too. And, um, you know, I had my dad's house and then I had my mom's house. So I split time in uh, evenly between them. And, uh, my dad was very focused on like, um, consistency a little bit more. My mom wasn't quite as like, um, she, she wasn't pushing me as much. She'd be like, Hey, like you have this thing to go train. Like you should go probably do that. Uh, probably go do something to at least prepare for it. And she wouldn't be like as on me though. So, uh, like every yeah. time I'd go to my dad's, I'd have to like kind of rebuild the, the rhythm and then go to my mom's house, kind of lose it. So it, it went back and forth for sure. When yeah. I talk to people, when I talk to like guys like you, I realize how insignificant my life has been so far. Like I used to go home and just raid the cabinets for Dunkaroos. And like, I didn't do anything when I was that young. I would actually leave the gym if there was no good parking spot. And like, that's how I am. So Scott like, had a mountain of Scott had a mountain of candy wrappers. That's the only yeah, thing. Exactly. So like I yeah I I am not an outdoorsman at all. I am not built for it. I am not one of them. So I know Eric is kind of more that person. So Eric, go on if you got any questions. Nothing, nothing to the extent that you did. But I lived in Portland, Oregon a little bit, and I used to hike around there and, and Sedona and stuff. But um, in regards to like your parents, now I feel like. Kid, parents with 13 year olds, they don't even want to leave them in the house alone for, you know, an hour or two. Did your parents get any backlash for bringing you at such a young age to these, you know, some people would say very dangerous? Like, was there, did they fear that anybody would try to get them in trouble or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. My dad and Karen took a fair bit of heat. Mm -hmm. um, I won't lie and definitely, uh, definitely uh, say they did because they, I remember like when we first touched base back in the States and for some reason their phones were just like absolutely blowing up as far as just like all sorts of um, like, yeah, criticism and emails and random texts and somehow like people just get a hold of your phone number and yeah. uh, it's, it's just like super weird, but also it's like they, they definitely were under the radar too. Like they, <clears throat> I didn't know if they were, as prepared for that for sure yeah. um they they stuck it out really well with being able to kind of explain that that it was it was my goal like i was yeah. the one if anything that like kind of dragged them into into this and uh okay. you know it, it wasn't too like you know I, I think when people like saw me and like saw like some of the passion that i like spoke with and like how genuinely like stoked i was to, like go on each of these clients um they their their opinions could change but you know, it, in like small bits of airtime on the news when people are like, oh, who's this kid? You know, they're watching the morning news and then all of a sudden I come on and, you know, it's it's just like this very unusual thing that is that it that can be very easily, um, yeah, looked at as, I don't know, I, I think people can sometimes feel like threatened uh, in some senses or just, I don't know, I, I that's when I kind of understood like, there's uh there's there's kind of like some uh some mon uh, like mundane or the, uh, i guess the word i'm looking for is like i mean yeah there's there's people who like people who live um tend to live like i don't want to say like mediocre lives because everyone's usually usually Safely, different but like when, when people, lives. I, I think, yeah. like like so ambition I, i've learned I've, <laughs> no no <laughs> but I've, I've, le I've learned that ambition can be uh perceived as a threat for sure um you yeah. know amongst like a lot of people and honestly it's I mean, that was just like kind of basic human nature uh, at, as well. And I don't blame anyone for that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think like people will see like the parents were, you know, it was their shot at like getting in the limelight too, or people could perceive yeah. it as that too. And um, yeah. honestly, we, we were like, I was not prepared for like all the media hype right. whatsoever. Yeah. And it was like weird to kind of learn how to like be myself on camera and to, you know, be this and that it's, you're almost like becoming a, different person than yeah. uh than you normally are and that's and i and after like getting a taste of 
LA, New York, and just that whole scene. It's it's weird, man. I, I really don't think I could drive in that scene, but I'm glad I got a taste of it because I now I know what it's like. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but as far as parental criticism, yeah, they they definitely got their fair share of heat. It was mostly after Everest, like all the other climbs. For some reason, like there was literally little to none whatsoever. And then after like Mount Vincent too, because Mount Vincent in Antarctica was the last mountain, like feel like there wasn't as much but it was after Everest like that was the one that made like the world headlines so obviously there was a lot more attention after that oh Antarctica what's Antarctica like just what do you think just nothing like is it like Uncle Arctica (laughs) 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 I've never I've never heard that one that's a great chat but I uh dude Antarctica is sick man it's no relation (laughs) (laughs) all right it's one of my no, no, you're good. Uh, Antarctica's sick, man. It's one of my favorite places ever. I love, yeah. uh, I love that continent to death. I really fell in love with it because it's just, it's like the, it's the last. To give you an idea, I mean, it's the last discovered place by humans in the world, mm-hmm. um, and I, and there's some research to back that up too. It wasn't until like 1860s something like that land. Nobody had ever even like seen that land. Nothing like before like the 1860s. And then after, you know, in the early 20th century, there ended up being a race between um, the U.S. and Finland to the South Pole. Um, and we ended up being there during the 100-year anniversary of the Finnish team uh, reaching the South Pole and becoming their first humans to reach that point. So that was really cool to experience. And, yeah, you just get such an international crowd down there and, um, you know, like of just explorers and people who are just, you know, crazy enough to even go there alongside yeah. of us too, you know, because <laughs> it's, it's a, I don't know, Antarctica is not on a lot of people's, you know, first yeah. Know, yeah. destination place, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not palm trees and, and uh, margaritas and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. But, I want to visit every continent. I just have six left, so it's on there. <laughs> dude, yeah, man. If, if you can, seriously, get down there if you can. It's like so worth the money and I think it's like so worth like just being i don't know man you're you're just so far from everything like you're just so like you're just out there like you're just you're the furthest away from civilization that you could possibly be and um yeah and it's just just so vast and just so unexplored and like kind of hostile in a sense too like honestly i mean yeah antarctica is one thing alaska we can get to it later alaska i think blows everywhere out of the waters as far as hostility remoteness coldness just like the most rugged place Antarctica on the other hand is just it's just a lot more vast and so unexplored and untouched but yeah, yeah. amazing place 10 out that's of 10 how I felt. when I was when I was in Alaska that's how I felt you feel like you're a guest there yeah you know and yeah. then you go back to New Jersey and New York and you see like an animal like get it kill it you know it's like yeah. it's just so it's so opposite of what we're used to you're uh you're 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 in a place like Alaska you are you are a part of the ecosystem again you know, and, and a lot of, uh, in a lot of the modern world, like us as humans have really removed ourselves from that. And Alaska is like so humbling because it's like, dude, if you don't have bear spray on you, if you don't like everything is like all the odds are against you to just even survive up there. And it's like, even the town of Anchorage, man, like it's, yeah. I couldn't live up there. You know, it's, it, I mean, it's, that, that's a, their city, but it's like, dude, anywhere else it's like, you watch uh, Life Below Zero or Ice Road Truckers or any of those shows, man. You like, every time I watch those shows, I could just feel the coldness like oh man yeah and they, place. They, in the winter some of those areas they they don't even turn their cars off they just keep them plugged in because the it gets yeah. so cold the the gas will freeze it's like why the hell would you want to live there but people are nuts i believe it yeah no they do uh, i mean some people are just live there for years and uh that's just like what's cool about the just a human being it's just being able to adapt so well like no matter the no matter the uh, conditions and or the setting, it's like you're just you know you're you're just gonna be there, make it work, and figure it out. And it's like either adapt or either adapt and survive, and that's kind of your only option, you know. So right. or die. Uh, yeah. Alaska is some someplace special for sure. Well, I can yeah. safely say Antarctica is somewhere that you'll never catch me. This <laughs> is not for me. Uh, Brian, go on if you got anything. Now I imagine when you were a kid you know, going out to do these things, there had to have been some level of fear. Um, Regardless of how prepared you are for anything you're doing, and I feel like this goes for anyone, um, there is a level of fear. So how did you kind of work through that and go to do these things? You know, 
He started drinking at a young age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a whole another subject. But uh, yeah, man, it's um, it's it, it was uh, yeah, fear was yeah. You you learn about fear and you learn to you learn to face it, look it in the eyes. I I still cope with it quite a bit, just like in everyday stuff. And I like to scare myself a lot. I just think it just kind of makes you makes me like feel the most alive. Um, I think. Well, there's, there's fear in which like, I think on these mountains for the most part, like I, I very, it was very rare instances where I was like actually scared for my life. Um, the, uh, well, one of those obviously like being, there was a, and this goes into a whole different story. Um, being on Mount Everest, we were roughly like two and a half weeks into the climb. And, uh, in between camps at one point we were, uh, crossing over and traversing across like the only glacial point, like the rest of the, the, the rest of the mountain was going to be like mostly exposed ridge line and winds in which like, you know, weather is kind of like more your enemy up there. This point, we actually had to deal with more unpredictable forces such as like shifting glaciers and ice and uh, all this different stuff. That's, you know, entirely why we avoided going on the south, uh, south side of Mount Everest, where you, they, where you see the, uh, where you cross over the Kumbu ice fall, which is a constantly moving and shifting glacier that just is so unpredictable. And it's just such a horrible place to be in. So that being said, uh, that's why we chose the North side, but there's still a little bit of a, a, um, a section where you have to cross over that. And, uh, I remember it so vividly, like we, it was a super, super hot day. I mean, I mean, it was probably like 40 degrees, but like, that's so hot up there, you know, like mm. you're down to your, you know, base layers and fleece and whatnot. And, uh, I remember crossing by two people, um, cause we followed this fixed rope on the way up basically. And so we got to kind of unclip and reclip back into, um, into like these, uh, in, like in between anchors essentially in which these, this rope is kept in to, kind of put it simply and so you cross you cross paths with some people obviously and you kind of got to unclip and just kind of like make way for them and whatnot so we i remember crossing two people and just simply said hi um and then after continuing on for probably like you know eight more minutes or so um i remember my dad just kind of like having this instinctual thing to say and was like hey man uh, or just kind of like told our team, like, Hey guys, we should probably pick up the pace a little bit. Like, I don't have a great feeling about, uh, like we just need to get out of this zone as quickly as possible because, uh, up to our left, as we were kind of traversing across, uh, this area up to our left was this absolutely gigantic, what seemed just like a massive commercial building, um, just full on, like, it, it was just like, huge and just like we were in the shadow of it and it was just like one of the most daunting things to like kind of see in a way and also just one of those things that's just like you just didn't have a good feeling being there so after like you know about two more minutes after that i kid you not man it was like um i don't know what's the best way to probably in uh best way to uh, to try to uh describe it it's like <clears throat> it was almost like being in a bombing scenario, which was like, it's kind of crazy to describe it like that. But like all of a sudden you just feel this like huge booming noise that is just like, you can just feel it in like all of your nerves and just like all of your, you know, it's like a deafening boom almost. And then you just see like right above you, all of a sudden you just see like chunks and uh, slabs of ice just coming down and collapsing. And then all of a sudden you just, you see it collapse and then all of a sudden you see this cloud of uh, white smoke and, uh, and snow just kind of rushing towards you like faster than you can even react. Like you can't even count to three fast enough. Like you just like are like, okay, what, whatever happens, happens. And so, um, I mean, that was, that was an event that really tested fear for me. Um, and I think it was just like uh, <laughs> a, a moment in which I was like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. But, we'll see where we end up and then kind of work from there. But at the same time, it's like, I could be dead. Who knows? It's like kind of one of those things that you just like can only fight so much. Yeah. Luckily, luckily the, the dust settles were, I'm buried up to my abdomen basically in, uh, in all the snow. Uh, my dad is uh, roughly like one or two feet behind me, not far at all. And then, um, and then one of the, one of our Sherpa guides, Lama Karma Sherpa, he's right behind us or right behind him. And, uh, 
I'm just trying to remember, like, I see my dad get up and all of a sudden I just noticed this red spot on, he was wearing like a green toque or like a beanie and he had this red spot. And I was like, I was kind of confused. Like I didn't notice it until like a little bit later after that, we were just so focused on like, we were just so full of adrenaline. We just like need to get up and get out. And, um, and so the second half of our team, I mean, it was only six of us. So the other uh, two or three were just right above us, like probably about a hundred yards or so. We go link up with them. And I see my dad. I'm like, dad, like what happened? What happened right here? He's like, dude, you're, he's like, dude, your crampons literally went right into my uh, forehead. If you don't know what a crampon is, it's like the, the spiky. Um, it's, it's like this attachment that you uh, clamp to the bottom of your boot in order to like keep you stable on like firm snow and ice. And so these were like brand new razor sharp. And then uh, one had fully like gone into his skull and like uh, punctured like a pretty big wound. And then um, I didn't notice until later because we were all like just so, you know, livid off of adrenaline. And then we finally get up to camp two and then or get up to camp one. And uh, then, you know, my dad shows me he like opens these like little holes in his pants. And he shows me like uh, on both of his thighs, both my crampons went into uh, and punctured like both his uh, thigh muscles. Um, I, I didn't even have words. I, I was like, I, I know that sorry is not going to be enough here. And I knew he would, you know, how can you be mad at that, you know, in that kind of situation, but still I was just like, I don't even know what to say. here. Um, So yeah, so that, that, that was definitely like one of our biggest obstacles that yeah, kind of tested our fear. And then um, I guess the other half that too, it's like to kind of branch off the fear aspect. It's like we um, uh, there's also like the element of learning how to suffer too. And uh, that I learned to do pretty well and just kind of like understand to like, you know, understand that, pain is like temporary and uh overall it's like pain and suffering is like temporary especially um but uh, i guess being able to smell the roses every now and then and just be able to look out you know and enjoy this view and uh see this place i'm just so lucky to visit it's like a whole nother part of it but yeah just that building that whole endurance and stamina aspect of it is just so um it's so important to do and just to kind of learn that's just like at one point you just, you, you, you get in a rhythm and momentum. You're just like, all right, one step in front of another, <laughs> right, it's like, yeah. you gotta keep going. You just almost like start singing to yourself and you're like, it's gonna, we're going to get there one way or another. Like just, just keep trudging on. <laughs> like at some point it's like, I stopped putting like, you know, muscle effort in. I was just like more. So I kind of learned how to just like, all right, one foot in front of another. Like there's just yeah. days in which it's just like hours and hours and it's just such a drag. And you're like, right. why am I here? And then, whatever yeah and in those points too it's like you can really get in your head if you if you allow yourself to so that's another thing to learn how to avoid yeah uh, ellie if you got anything going yeah a few okay so since you're clearly into like the endurance stuff have you done rim to rim to rim i haven't what's that that? oh i'm surprised you should have like done it multiple times by now (laughs) no my my rim Scott, sorry, Scott is. No, go, go ahead. Um, you go from rim to rim from the Grand Canyon, and so it's usually just rim to rim. But runners have turned it into rim to rim to rim, so you do it back and forth, back and forth. And you like, I think it's like maximum fifty-seven hundred feet elevation. You go all the way down the canyon, then all the way back up, and then all the oh, way down God. back to the other side. Yeah, and these guys did it in like twenty-four hours, I think. I read it in like Runners World. They were like trying to break some kind of record. First time they failed, obviously, and then second time they were like able to do it. But you're out there like two three in the morning like you nap at like 1 a.m and then get up at three to then keep going again yeah it's not it's a my, my roommate talks uh talks to uh, talks about it a lot my roommate's a big big endurance athlete for sure and uh, kind of more so than i am and uh i'm a very i it, it, it kind of takes a lot for me to kind of just rebuild like the gumption it's like once i'm in the momentum it's like all right like we can keep it We're rolling, it. but, uh, but with, uh, but with him, he, he did some pretty cool adventures last year and, um, yeah, he's been, he's been talking about it a lot and yeah, it's, I mean, it's a lot, of, there's a lot of cool stuff within reach like too, where, uh, where I live as well. I mean, there's, there's that, there's, uh, there's white rim too, which I'm, I'm big into bi- uh, bicycling too. And, uh, white rim is like a roughly a hundred mile, um, um, circuit i guess that you do in uh in southern utah is it can okay. is it can is it canyon lands or i don't know i think it's 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 down there 
I always forget I'm horrible with uh, location sometimes. And then, um, and then the other one that I was like aiming to uh, hopefully do was called the world. It's called the Wasatch ultimate Ridge link up W R L and W U R L. And basically you um, go in between, like you do this horseshoe of uh, exposed mountain running in which you go uh, through like, um, like this horseshoe between big and little cottonwood Canyon. If anyone's familiar with Utah and the Wasatch range, basically it's, 36 miles and like 19,000 feet elevation gain and you do it all in one go too so um that's like a big thing to prepare for i'd love to do that later this summer um if uh if the stars align and if i'm strong enough by then but yeah it's for sure like rim to rim to rim would be like amazing to do sometime as well and have you have you done have you been to the grand canyon or no, but it's on my bucket list just to do rim to rim. And I don't need to do it like all yeah, of it. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I have a friend yeah. who's training to do it for her 40th birthday. So she's been like, oh, right. that's kind of like, that. yes, I kind of like built the buzz up. I was like, oh, I kind of want to try it now. You know, yeah, yeah. we'll see how it works out for her. And then maybe I'll, you know, start putting in the time and effort to really preparing yeah. for that. But um, yes, yeah. next question. Did you see green boots while you were up there? I sure saw green boots. Yeah, that was kind oh, of my intro. Is that, that weird? Yeah. It, What's well, that? What's that? Sorry. So, so green boots. Do you guys research? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. So, so green boots is uh, for anyone who's like been just familiar with Everest would um, would know that along the route of the northeast ridge of Everest on the on the Chinese uh, side, um, the first uh, the first um, dead body that you are going to passed by is uh an indian climber by the name by the name uh he's been coined the term green boots because he just has these like bright fluorescent uh green boots essentially and it's a very you 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 literally walk right past him like you're inches uh from from him whenever you pass by um so when she's talking about green boots that's kind of like a um it's it's almost like a landmark at some point you know in which you like um get you're saying like all right once we get to green boots then it's up to mushroom rock from there and then up from mushroom rock it's up to like this ladder essentially that you gotta that you gotta climb up and um but yeah green boots is kind of like there's like three steps of like the northeast ridge on the summit push green boots is kind of like that first step in a way and uh but yeah it's it's kind of interesting it's like um it doesn't really feel real at that point and i feel like i couldn't really process it too at that time right, yeah at that age yeah it's just kind of like okay maybe someone put it here i mean not that somebody did but yeah at that age <laughs> yeah like, but is you're, he you're, frozen you're, he's just yeah. frozen yeah. there wow totally so frozen. they think that he like he sat down and then what's pretty common and like you probably went over this like with your training and safety stuff like sitting down and just be like oh i'm gonna catch my breath and then i'm gonna take a nap and then people take a nap and don't wake up Exactly. Yeah. So that's what the thinking and happened to him because he's like tucked away in a little limestone cave. It'd be too. horrible if yeah. he's still alive, just frozen. Like oh, me. <laughs> understand? No one has helped me in forty years. <laughs> <laughs> they just walk past me and look at my boots. I'm sorry, yeah. I don't mean to make light. Exactly. That's not funny. Yeah. Uh, but still, yeah, <laughs> but that's pretty you know, crazy, I mean, though. But in, in a lot of he, he he set out to like really climb this and now he's just a landmark on it. Well, he's gone now. No, no, no. He's gone now. Wait, he really? He disappeared in 2014. Yeah. He got, he got up got and up? left. Wait, no, no. Boots don't fail me now. No way. What? I did not. Yeah. Why did I not know that? No, I don't huh. either. I literally just found out because I was like looking it up to see if he was on the same <laughs> side that you said you well, traversed. So I was like, mm, I want to make sure that's that, right. Well, that's, that's weird because like just the way he's like positioned, Position? there's just... Right. There, there, well, there's just like no way that, I mean, somebody had to have moved him because then honestly, like at that point, it's like you, there's no way he was going to move because it's like, you're like, for a lot of those climbers too, it's like after some time, like you like literally become a part of the mountain, like you're almost like kind of cemented into the snow and ice and ground. It's like, and when you walk by him, you're just like, I'm surprised you said that because you're like, there is no way he's going anywhere. And so uh, I know, trying to well, that's the thing because too. he's a popsicle he, in there. Well, he, well, he's literally like, um, it's kind of like you said, like a limestone cave. So it's like, it's kind of a cave, but it's also like this, it, it you can see why he wanted to like take shelter in a place like that. Sure. And, sure. um, so when you see it, you're like, okay, this kind of makes sense, but it's also like in this, it's also like in this part of the route that you're like, that. no way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, so yeah, Eric, look, Eric, like it doesn't yeah. look real. Yeah, no, exactly. Wow. It's crazy. Like, like he's, fro he's frozen, but there's wow. not ice on. Like you would think, like it it warms up because I saw something on Adam ruins everything. Have you ever heard of that show? 
Totally. Well, he yeah. did something on Mount Everest, and he was saying how, like, because humans go to the bathroom on there, and, like, obviously, and oh, waste and stuff. Big and, like, heats up. Now. And they're saying, like, the bodies, because of, like, glo- like changing in uh, global temperature and everything, bodies are coming up now and mm. going on the mountain and, like, going into water uh, sources and stuff. Like, it's really – and then, like, the huh. sewage and everything. So it's, like, really – Really getting a little gross. It's a biohazard. Yeah, Mount Everest has turned into an unfortunate biohazard now, which is actually my next question. How do you feel about that with just between like the tents, the canisters, and then the fecal matter, and it's becoming unearthed and now going down to the bike to base camp, and that's where all the locals get their water from, but now they like don't want to drink it, obviously, because it's being contaminated by fecal matter. So it's turning into this giant biohazard now. Yeah. Yeah, Everest is... um... It's like trash yeah, mountain, I, I, essentially. It, yeah, you, you know, it's it's uh, it, I'm 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 a I'm very conflicted on a mount like that because I'm glad I did it. At the same time, there's it's a very controversial mountain. Um, given there there's there's a lot of factors into the controversy. Uh, you have a uh, what I feel is an under like almost an underpaid and underappreciated um sherpa community that right. puts their lives on the line for um for like the for the tourism and kind of like the whole western guiding um experience for uh for clients right. uh be so much trash um up there it's just a very high traffic mountain that um that a lot of people just kind of have their eyes on and i'll be honest like everest it's i think it's like kind of the equivalent of uh, like as far as even difficulty goes it's it's like an Iron Man almost. It's like, you yeah, know, if you, if you complete it, like that's no small deal for sure. But it's like, at the same time, it's like, you know, it's, there, there's a lot, there's way harder things to do. Um, but also it's, it's just like, it's very exploited, you know? And I, and I think it's, uh, it, I've, and I have weird feelings about like, I almost don't know if I'd want to go back again. There's this film right. that there's this film that you guys should watch. It's, it's really, really good. It's on YouTube. Um, it's like a 20 minute film called, the uh the ghosts above um it's it was uh it was filmed and uh and put together by renan ozturk who's uh who was one of the climbers on uh, mount meru with uh, jimmy chin and conrad anchor um absolutely uh renowned like climber and uh, photographer and filmmaker but uh, i think it really paints such a raw detailed picture of what everest has come to be like in the past decade and just some of like I don't know. It just, it paints such a weird picture of like some of the leftover tents that just get left up there. And then also they were kind of on this mission to uh, try to find um, Sandy Irvine, who um, is, who most would believe would have the concrete evidence that him and George Mallory were the true first summiters of Mount Everest. Uh, But it's this whole story, like back in the uh, mid 1920s in which George Mallory and Sandy Irvine uh, they disappeared into the fog and nobody knows if they had summited and died on the way down or if they had climbed back up. But, uh, mm. Sandy is, uh, most likely known to a either like have the camera or have a watt or have like an altimeter that indicates that they made it to the summit. So, um, that, that was like part of the mission and obviously they didn't find him, but, uh, then they kind of went to like the whole reasoning, like, why are we here? Like, uh, Everest has kind of like become this, um colonial hot ground uh in a way of like you know of uh you know you have like the the tourists and then you have the sherpa community as well and it's 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 weird it's i i don't i, don't, I can't really think of a single word to describe it but i, I think it's a great film that kind of paints such a good portrait of like what it's become and uh, i highly recommend it. it's like only 20 minutes but it's like such a well done um movie cool. So you said that it's become so commercialized because like, as someone who's not like familiar with a lot of mountains or, you know, outdoors, I know Everest, you know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. it becomes such like the pop culture thing. thing. Like you tell everyone, totally is. someone doesn't even know what it, oh, I climbed Mount Everest. Whoa. You know what I mean? And they, they just know Everest of what it is, which I want, I want to piggyback on. You don't have to answer, but like when you turn 21 at bars, I mean, how awesome was that to tell girls that, <laughs> I, I, like seriously that was that a pickup line you used because you know mine was i rap it didn't work at all so yours is <laughs> i climbed the seven summits i climbed a mountain like how, how how much did you throw that out or did your friend always throw it out like as the wingman yeah well but well let's put it like this i think i i give rappers a lot of credit or, or like uh you know people who like aspire to be a rapper because they just have like so much like 
just confidence and they're just willing to like put themselves out there. They're like, I don't know. They'll just start spitting game. And it's just like, so not me. I'm like such a, like I, you really have to yank it out of me. I think in a lot of ways. Cause then I'm like, Oh God, now I have to go like 20 minutes into like yeah. this whole story. And, um, and just it's like, like drunk at a bar. Was that hard? And like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what I don't did know. you wear? Did you yeah. wear hand warmers? Were you cold? Yeah. Dumb question. What color, ta- what color was your tent? Did you use cold? <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't say I, I, I utilized it that much to be honest. I'm uh, I don't know, it's 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 like it's not me. I mean, and don't get me wrong, I, I love to party, but I'm also like it's also a topic that it's like once the once the uh all the focus and attention is like uh is like right at me, right. I, I easily get pretty like oh god. That's no, gotta, gotta be horrible at like, like a cocktail party or something, like at a wedding and yeah. someone hears about it and you're just like Man, I'm yeah. just trying to enjoy the night, and you're sitting there talking to people about it, or coming on a podcast, and we're annoying nah. you. you yeah. know? <laughs> a, well, a pod, a podcast is different, and whereas, like, you know, just sharing it to like three people over drinks is like, I don't know, it's it, it's different. It's like also, I'm trying to like just, you know, I also like do that for work too. Like, I tell that story a lot for like, you know, I do public speaking and all that stuff, and it's just like as soon as I like go into some stories, and not saying I don't enjoy it, but it's like I've done it a lot. And to like do it when I'm just like trying to take a load off at a bar or whatever. And um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty, uh, it, you're, it's kind of like the last thing you want to do. I would have Everest tattooed on my back and I would always wear a shirt that said, I climbed Everest. What have you done? I would, <laughs> I would be telling the whole world, everybody yeah. ever met. I don't, I'd be on the bus, be like, I climbed Everest. Have you done it? I tell it's, everybody. Like, look it up. Yeah. That's so not me here. Sorry. My, uh, my AirPods just, uh, just died. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Question. Yeah, so, I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh... Reserved. You're a reserved know, guy. It takes, it takes a lot. It, it's it called takes humility a and humble. Out of me, but, like, a podcast setting, it's like, man, I, 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 I love to, like, still share the story, but I also like to kind of, like, just add on, like, I don't know, what did the experience mean? And I think it's, like, whatever helps me kind of be able to process the experience more, I'm always uh, super down with, so, you know... Yeah. I, I just kind of what it, what I, it is. I, I do have to ask how realistic is the movie vertical limit from 2000 i love that movie and it just feels like it's not you that's not, that's part of my gun to your head later but go on answer the question uh, your own question or a limit vertical very 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 dramatic I, I watched that video i watched that movie like a handful of times uh like we we had it on dvd in my house if i remember correctly so um that's so funny you bring it up because i haven't seen that in a while wait vertical limit and then there's into the void there's two different ones vertical limit was the Bill paxton they Bill had paxton. the bombs they had to go uh, like they had those and like, they would leak they gave them bombs <laughs> night like tnt or something that just leaked and they found out on the mountain <laughs> yeah. it was exploding yeah okay now now i remember it now because it was because into the void was like an actual like story that was being told like it was like a nonfiction. into the void was about this like crazy other story about these uh mount climbers in south in south america argentina and one gets stuck in a crevasse and then uh but the into vertical limit i know was like a uh yeah that was like a like a very unrealistic like portrait of k2 and whatnot and the climbing scene so yeah i I watched it a handful of times i still like i was very I was very observant of climbing films like back then for sure. Like I studied, I was a student of the game as far as like, I'd watch the Everest IMAX movie a lot and just all this different stuff. And dude, it was, uh, I, w- I was into it for sure. Like I made sure to like really do my homework just to like really know what to expect. I was on Google earth yeah. all the time. And so yeah, no vertical limit saw quite a bit. <laughs> great movie. But, uh, I like that movie. That's yeah, a great movie. Yeah, wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. Uh, we'll do like one more round because I know we're keeping in like you're, you're, you're being very generous with time. Go on, Ellie. Do you know how much your permits cost and how your dad and stepmom were able to secure them for all three of you? Because I know it's like super hard to get a permit and then to secure it for like all three in your party. And like, were you guys a part of a like expedition group or was you just going like you three or how, was, how did you, how did that happen? How were you able to do walk that yeah. out? Yeah. The, the whole finances, uh, that part of it is, um, it's, it's, it's a bit of a stretch. Like we re- we really, we learned how to really stretch our dollar on a lot of it. <clears throat> you know, we were by no means at all. Like um, we, we did not have a lot of wealth to really make it happen. We crowdsourced a lot. We borrowed a lot. We, uh, we um, did a lot like on our, on our own budget too. And it was, 
and I mean, we did have like some sponsors too as well who kicked in some money as well. So like, we're super grateful for that. Um, and yeah, it took a village too. like the community of big bear was awesome. And people would come together on like my fundraising nights too to try to help like make this, uh, make these expeditions happen. And even then, I mean, it still like, didn't really add it up. And then I just think about these people who just have like this, uh, they just have like exuberant amounts of wealth. And I, I'm just like always blown away about how people can be like, Oh yeah, like, that's just, that's just like a month, month's worth. Like for me, it's like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I'm going to go to Everest. Yeah, you know, okay. It's like, cool. Yeah, that, that, blo- that blows me away. Still, but, it, but it gives you more of a drive though, probably honestly, like the yeah. fact you have to kind of work for the, the missions, totally. if not, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would way rather choose the route that we took for sure. And, uh, I don't know. It, it it taught, uh, it taught resourcefulness. It also taught like, I think, yeah, like drive for sure. In which it's like, how are we going to make this happen? Um, what are we, I don't know. And you also have to think long-term it's like, all right, well, it's like, I got a, got a college fund too. It's like all this different stuff that, um, you know, we, we, uh, you just kind of have to factor in, you got to think in the long term, but you also got to think like, you know, well, all right, well, what's the ROI of this? Well, we could also write a book for this in which it can also, you know, generate some income at least to kind of help pay back some of the finances too. So yeah, I mean, it's a lot. I mean, the, per- the permits themselves are like, um, they're at least like $11,000 uh, per person for, uh, for, for Everest. And that, and that's going on like the cheap side too. Like we, we went to, we went to China, we went on the Chinese side with like, you, you should have seen our, our setup compared to like, the people with like truly decked out setups to yeah, the map, the real mountaineers. They, they, they make oh, you, God. they make you pass green boots. You know yeah. you're on the cheap side. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. It's like it's like our dining tent was like literally the size of my room here, and it's oh. like or ours was. You know, like we were very minimalist, essentialist. Like we had a very small team, which all in all, I think was a better experience because we got to learn so much about each other. It's like, you see these parties of like 20 plus people and you just like, don't really see any, um, I don't know, un- unity. You don't really see any like, no, cause it's just, I um, want to get to the top and then get out of here yeah. alive and forget you guys. <laughs> exactly. And, and then oftentimes you'll see them like, you'll, you know, some ability rate, rate levels will just kind of split off into different groups. Whereas like we were like together, like the whole time and didn't matter what. So it was just a really, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we did that too, because like I also got to learn how to like, we had more like intimate, like conversations and yeah. got to be like, you know, build a solid relationship with, uh, with the, uh, with the Sherpa guides who we went with Ang Pasang, Lama and uh, Dawa Sherpa and then Kumar as well. Uh, you know, just amazing, just such an amazing crew. Like Kumar, uh, best dining chef guy who was just like cooking. He would never duplicated a single meal the whole time. And who else? Like, yeah. And then Ang Pasang and Lama Karma and Lama, uh, Lama Dawa, they were just like, they had such, um, they, they really, they're, they're, they're such like gentle, humble human beings, uh, in that, in that community and in that indigenous culture. Like they're just so, uh, they're so soft-spoken, you know, they're, they're, they do not toot their horn at all. They're very, um, yeah, the, I mean, they just kind of let their actions do the talking. They were such badasses who had climbed, you know, combined, like the, uh, they had combined experiences of like 10, uh, 10 Everest summits too, along with other Himalayan mountains too. So it's like, you know, we really, but, but at the same time though, it can be a little bit tough be, because like they're non, they're very non-confronting as well for the most right. part. So they're very like, uh, you know, I think when we try to like, you know, pull advice out of them or like just try to get their input, they can oftentimes be a little bit quiet, like just with the hopes of not trying to upset the, mm-hmm. so it's, it's like passive, out of good, just like, uh... it's out of good intention. Um, yeah. but at the same time, we're like, Hey, like we value your guys' input. Like we want to make sure like your voice is heard. Like we, you know, you guys have done this. Like we want to make sure that, you know, we're doing this respectfully. And also just like, we want to make sure you're, you're a part of the picture as much as we are. And, um, I mean, looking back at it, it's like, you know, we just tried to, you know, a, like, you know, pack in every, or pack out everything that we packed in as far as like, you know, garbage, waste gear, whatever it was. Like we made sure to leave no trace. We were just like trying to be as respectful as possible to, um, our guides as well. And just tried to like set a, just set a good example of, uh, of what we think like Everest summer should be. But at the same time though, it's like, you know, you're part of this bigger picture of Everest and it's still like, you know, I don't want to like, 
have any guilt or like have any like imposter syndrome of like going to a place like that and it's like at the end of the day i'm glad i did it it's like great stories to tell it's just like i just don't think i'd see myself going back really so no that's really good and you're really a uh, humble dude man like i personally would be taking all the credit and for you to like sit there and give credit to the people who helped you there's not a lot of people who would do it you're one of the nicest people we've had on here yeah. <laughs> uh, scott would have been like i saved my dad he was like yeah. help me and i grabbed him oh <laughs> <laughs> um, so so that so this radio show it was like uh you said it started out as a as a as hip hop yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of like, just branched out. We we uh we started just interviewing battle rappers, and then every Friday we just uh, reach out to different kinds of uh, people, whether it's like writers, actors, comedians, uh, adventurous. So kinda, yeah, so magicians. So that's kind of morticians. How many? How many? Uh, how long has this been uh, been going on? Uh, last over since, a year since the quarantine started. I was gonna ask, yeah, okay, that's when that's we right. picked up with the Zoom interviews. We've done about. 90 interviews okay so, sick man yeah. well, I, apl- I applaud it for sure it's sick that you like um just dove right into it and even if you like don't have all like the cool podcasting you know uh gear and essentials or whatever like all the expensive microphones it's like it's it's pretty cool to see like what's just possible even nowadays right. like you know your your yeah. own phone can like film better quality than the best cameras back in the 90s you know it's like kind of unreal to see like yeah. what the possibilities are and and it's it's overwhelming to see like how many options there are as, as far as like you know the internet is literally like everything these days as far as like how you can truly like make a living and be relevant and it's it's super cool to see what you guys are doing and it's it's cool it's like it's inspiring to me it gives me ideas and so that's like why i thought it was cool to hop on here that's so cool we are inspire someone we're inspiring him. Yep. we inspire someone who climbed mount everest at 13 i mean yeah. like look yeah. we're not trying <laughs> to like build a mold here but we just we just we're saying like, starting a podcast on zoom and then climbing everest that, <laughs> George, George, all right, really quick yeah. we, go on, yeah, go on. oh i was gonna ask you guys are all in california or uh, uh no we're no. us three up now the men are from jersey and ellie's uh, out in cali <laughs> Uh, the men are from Jersey. The women are from Cal. <laughs> <laughs> from Jersey, love it, man. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, really, really quick. You said oh, you man. wanted to be at. You like being on nature and animals. Um, what's your favorite animal? Favorite animal, uh, snow leopard. I think they're badass. I knew they're you were gonna say snow awesome. leopard. I knew it. When yeah. they pee, it's wild. They just pee on rocks and stuff. Yeah. I, I there's, they're such sick animals. It, it's so like <laughs> if you can get like if you can get like high definition photos of them, it's just like oh, one of those like. It's just such a beautiful creation of nature that you're just like, how did everything become that? And it's like, yeah, it's I don't know. It's super rare, it. right? Yeah. yeah yes. To see them in the wild, like yeah, they'll have yeah. cameras up there for like years and not see them. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. They, they had the mother and she just literally like, there's a, a, like a mountain end of the mountain. She just walks in, just pees all over. And I think that's how uh, a male finds her. Yeah. You, you like, and the peeing stuff. Children. Yeah, like, yeah. Is that your fetish? No leopards peeing is my thing. <laughs> Very rare, so I never bring it up. That's how that's how I try to attract females. I just piss on rocks. <laughs> and he's dressed as a snow leopard. That's <laughs> awesome. We have a final segment we do here. It's called Gun to Your Head. It's like a would you rather, and we keep score, okay? Now, don't be tricked. Don't be tricked. Ellie, stop, 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 stop. Ellie always you, you gets her dog up there before this because she thinks question. that's going to be like, oh, she has a cool dog. I'll choose her. What we do is no we, dogs allowed. We do two questions each and you got to answer them and you pick the winner of your fa- your favorite question. You can right? have a top two. You can have a top two. Okay. So, all right. So, all right. But each of you guys are, are answering. Okay. I see. No, just you. No, only no, your answer. Yeah. Only your okay, answer. I'm answering. And what okay. we're going to do here is we're going to do one at a time this time. We're going right. to go around. Right. I'm ready. Um, I'm born ready. I'm going to start first. And I'm just going to say there's a lot of animosity here. People. No, just this. ask the question. All right. We'll go. We'll go. Ask the question. All right. So first one. For 15 minutes, you have to hang off of a cliff or get hangers thrown at you by a guy named Cliff. <laughs> uh, I'll hang off the cliff. Easy. Okay, fair enough. Eric, go. Would you rather be trapped on a mountain with nothing to do or lost at sea with only Mountain Dew? Lost at, <laughs> lost at sea with only Mountain Dew. Solid. Oh, really? That was great. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Ellie, Ellie, go. <laughs> Ellie you're up. 
All right, would you rather have webbed feet or webbed hands? Mm. Can't oh, have that's a good one. All right, oh, webbed wow. hands. Let's go. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Right. Damn dog. Would you rather be a climber? <laughs> would you rather be a climber who's afraid of heights or a diver who's afraid of drowning? Mm. I am a diver who's afraid of drowning. Uh, I'll I'll pick the diver. Yeah, I'll pick the diver. Yeah, right. I don't know uh, I do it. Jordan, um, the the lady who went missing was Sandy Irvine. You said. Oh, uh, it, it was a guy. Yeah, Sandy guy. Irvine. Sorry, so, thinking sorry. of Sleeping Beauty. Sorry, sorry. So, would you sorry. rather be the one who finds Sandy Irvine or hold every world record for mountain climbing? Oh, Sandy Irvine would unlock a lot. Okay. For sure. Eric, I, I know exactly what you did there. He did a lot oh. there. Yeah. Would, would you rather find that your map is a little off from the trail or find yourself trailing off every time you speak? Two <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, bangers tonight. I'm going to go with option A. You came with it. Thank you. Uh. Oh, you got another one? <laughs> no, I'm putting all my eggs in the webbed basket. Would you rather know how you'll die or know when you'll die? Oh, I know this question. Um, <laughs> I know what I'm going to do. I've been preparing my whole life. I, 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 I know I, how I, and when I'm going to die. <laughs> I'll do uh, – I'll, I'll, I'd rather do when. I, I, at least I know I can, like, be a little bit more comfortable doing something that's, like, super dangerous. But I'll be like, ah, clearly I'm not going to die. So, yeah, I'll, I'll do the when. All right, Jordan. You got to pick a winner. Your favorite question. One. Uh, man. Oh. Mountain Dew. I, you know what? Mountain Dew takes the win. Yeah. That was so enhanced. That, that's yeah. not – that was – see, that it's becoming a mutiny. Now <laughs> it's against me. I'm going to have to start muting everybody while he gets – What was number two? What was number two? Number two. Serious. Number two, I'm going to go with uh, – oh, man. I don't know. I didn't want hangers to be thrown at me. Oh, no, actually oh. – I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with web feet or web hands. Oh, suck it, Scott! Oh yeah, take the silver. Who cares? <laughs> I will. I will gladly take it because it just means you lost even harder. Act, like, so, act yeah. like you've been there before, Ellie. Yeah, <laughs> little California silver, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jordan, I'm really? Bad at it, but okay. Jordan, really cool. Thanks for coming on, man. I know you're working on climbing. I read every high peak in each of the states. That's something. Oh you want yeah. To do? So with that, um, yeah, it's kind of an eventual goal. It's not really a deadline to it. Um, well, we were kind of, we, so, dude, exactly. You <laughs> There's a hill that's eight feet right high in Nebraska. Like, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> like, he just steps like, on an anthill. <laughs> he doesn't even need a water bottle. <laughs> yeah. Like, I drive dude, up to it. <laughs> like if, if, if I'm there, if I'm already there, like, honestly, it's like, there's a lot of places that are just so out of your way. I'm like, Honestly, it's like I'd rather cover the new. Uh, I'd rather cover New England and the West Coast uh, up until like Montana, Colorado, and maybe the Dakotas, and then a little bit further south, and then in between there. Eh, I don't know. Well, if you're ever in Jersey and have to climb something, let us know. We'll go have a beer together, man. I've done. I've done Jersey before. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, it's right outside of Sussex. It's called. Um, uh high point high point's the name it's like this big like uh spiral staircase tower that like yeah it's pretty cool we did uh we did a new england uh tour like a a while back when i was like 15 we did like massachusetts um delaware was funny it was literally a sidewalk um new jersey new jersey maine vermont new hampshire and i think that's all we did but yeah it was it was rad i love new england got a lot of appalachian trail seems about the appalachian trail from georgia to maine i don't i don't like ticks i don't like bugs and like i don't like humidity i don't know I've, i'll do it i'll do it but it's like i i see some hikers come off of there and they're just picking so many ticks off I'm like yeah oh, yeah they're, they're pretty busted after doing that one too. yeah, yeah i'm not trying to get lyme disease man like that's brutal <laughs> that <laughs> but, will ruin your life yeah. Thanks, thanks a lot, man. This is really fun. Um, <laughs> let us know where we can catch you on your Twitter, Instagram. Uh, just yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Instagram's uh, definitely a little bit more active there. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, definitely kind of more getting more and more like on the. I don't know. Everyone should just put their phones down and enjoy life for sure when they can. That. But yeah, I mean, now f- follow what I'm up to. I love to kind of just post like cool stuff I'm doing, but I don't know, at the same time, it's like I'm 
it's it's a it's a balance for sure after after doing like some research and social m and all that stuff i'm like oh, man this is just brutal like so i i hope uh, everyone who's listening to this can uh i don't know be be mindful at least in in some ways and uh try to um try to reduce and make a little improvements over time so yeah, yeah. 